Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, ask questions, and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now, Taz and Paula. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Today we have Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith. He's the founder and spiritual director of the Agape International Spiritual Center in Los Angeles, author of the award-winning book, Spiritual Liberation, and newest release, Life Visioning, a transformation, transformative process for activating your unique gifts and highest potential. You are now listening to the Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Paula, Michael also has a new CD release entitled Transcendence, where his powerful teachings are set to undulating dance music composed by Madonna and composer-producer Stephen Bray. Michael has appeared on The Oprah Show, Larry King Live, Tavis Smiley, and his own PBS special, The Answer Is You. Michael is a sought-after meditation teacher, a visionary, and has won numerous humanitarian awards. Paula, please tell us about Michael's radio show on KPFK. Yes, it's on every Friday at 1 p.m., Pacific Standard Time. Thousands tune in to his radio show. It's called Wake Up, The Sound of Transformation, as he hosts dynamic guests who share their time-tested tools for transforming body, mind, and spirit. Michael, Taz, and I are, feel so honored to have you with us today. Welcome. Hey, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be with you guys. Well, for our listeners, uh, as we mentioned in our uh when we introduced you, that you're the founder of Agape. Could you tell us a little bit about it and, and what the uh, center's mission is? Absolutely. You know, we've been um, celebrating this past year our 25th anniversary. It was founded uh, in the, uh, November of 1986, and uh, it is a transdenominational spiritual community. We have thousands of people that come through the center every week. And we, of course, we live stream it every week now. People watch it from all over the world on their computers at agapelive.com on Wednesday nights and three in, in the services on Sunday mornings. It's a, 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 a center centered in the ageless wisdom and new thought teachings of uh, the awareness that the great power and presence and love of God 
the great source is within us and that uh, words means for expression here on the earth. So we teach life visioning, meditation, affirmative prayer, uh, powerful uh, conscious affirmation, uh, sacred service. Uh, it's a wonderful celebratory community that um, really carries the, the, the demographic of, of everyone. We have young, elderly, uh, all ethnicities, cultures, religions. It's a wonderful cornucopia of such powerful people showing up from all over the world to celebrate the divine that was in them and, and to wake up uh, to their divine destiny. It's, it's potent and powerful community, and, and people from all the walks of life just simply love it. Well, that must be why they refer to it as the United Nations. Absolutely. They call it the United Nations of Spiritual Communities because everyone's here. You know, we have strong community, uh, Latino community, black community, white community, people from Iraq, Iran, uh, Mexico, uh, Africa. You know, you walk in here and you think you're at the United Nations. <laughs> you know, that's how the world should look you at envisioned? Oh, excuse me, I, I was going to say, is this what you envisioned when you first began all of this, Michael? It actually, it absolutely is. I had, I had a vision of a, a spiritual center where people could come, regardless of their religious background, and actually uh, have a direct contact with the, our essential being, our essential nature. And it has unfolded and continues to unfold. I mean, uh, every week there are hundreds of people who are here for the very first time that continue to stay and take classes and come to our conferences and things of that particular nature. Uh, we have a lot of people that are migrating to um, Southern California just to go to Agape. That was just kind of a surprise to me. The people were actually moving here from different parts of the world so that they could raise their kids in this kind of community. And uh, so it was, it, was, uh, it, it was a pleasant surprise. I mean, this is what I saw in the vision. But to see it actually with flesh and bones and to manifest, it's always uh, glorious. Have you ever thought about having satellite uh, centers? Well, that's exactly what we're doing now. Um, it's, ha it's, it's happening organically because, one, there are individuals who are taking the live stream from the services and are setting up little centers around the United States and the world, and people are being invited to these screenings to watch me. On, okay. on the screen, we have some in, in Durango uh, is doing it. Uh, we have a community in uh, Seattle that uh, uh, is a, a church, a unity church, actually, that um, their Wednesday night service is our live stream. Uh, we have uh, one starting in New York. So there's an organic uh, uh, satellites that are beginning, and then what we're doing is um, we're going to go out and help them establish their centers uh, for the activities during the week and have myself and other speakers come in. So it's just kind of happening organically. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank goodness for the technology we now have. Oh, my God. And now we're going to be on television shortly. On uh, Another station is picking us up, so it's going to be on TV, television, as well as um, the streaming. Oh, is that going to be weekly, the television? Yes, it's going to come on every Sunday. Uh, I think it's at 9 o'clock uh, Pacific Standard Time. Uh, beginning this next Sunday, I got to see what the stations. It's called Punch TV. I got to see what their stations are, but they go into right now uh, at least uh, 13 million homes and growing. Well, things are really moving quickly, aren't they? Yeah, things are really unfolding. You have a, a, a you surrender your life to a gigantic idea, 
and that idea takes over and grows in you and changes your whole life and your whole destiny. Now, now it's interesting. A while back, you you appeared on the Oprah Show. Right. I, I wonder. I was on there being four that, times. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder by making a connection in that fashion. Is there? Have you still continue to have a connection with Oprah and what she's doing and um you know the just just the involvement in that package too is there yeah well I was just on there um, she had me on there again uh she has a show with Yanla Van Zant that they do and she had me and Ed Bacon and some other spiritual teachers on there probably about 6 weeks ago I think if I correct 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 they came out and filmed me, and um, so so I was just on there quite recently, again. And um, no, I really appreciate what she's doing, bringing uh, really an uplifting message uh, to the population in a very uh, accessible way. And whereas other people have uh, denigrated their skills by going for drama and lowest common denominator, the human experience, Oprah has stayed above the fray and seeks to uh, bring people to a much higher uh, order of being. So I think we should be commended for that kind of work, and I, I appreciate that. Well, well you actually have all this uplifting aspect of what you do. It's it's so incredible, and, uh, you know, it, people now are on the edge of, you know, not knowing exactly what's going to take place in their lives. And um, the future sometimes looks uncertain to to many, you know, where they're where they're going. And so, to have a program like you have on radio and, and now going to be on TV, it's the energy transfers from you. It's really it's really beautiful, you know. You just you know people begin to have new thought processes, and and it's so exciting to know that you have packaged. Excuse me. This kind of energy that can allow people to maybe see a new side of themselves they hadn't ever anticipated before. Absolutely, and I think this is what life is all about—to discover your your gift, your gifted area, and to share it with share it as best as you can, without an attachment to the outcome. And I've had the privilege and the honor to and humbled to be able to see. The, 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 our connection to this presence, whatever name you want to call it, whether you want to call it the source, the presence of God, the presence of love within us, the presence of beauty or intelligence. I've had the, this, the honor to go to the well and to, 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 to see this and to feel this and be connected with it. And so it is, it's, it's like I can't, I, it's like it's in my bones. I have to share <laughs> what I've seen and I have to share that everyone has a very powerful destiny locked up within them. There's, there's, the universe did not make any mistakes with anyone, and the universe doesn't do do-overs. They, 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 God got it right the first time when, when this presence recreated itself in its own image and its own likeness. So when I have an opportunity to speak or share, as we're doing now, it is my, it's part of my give-back. It's like um, I, got, I got a chance to see it, connect with it, wake up to it, and um, I got my life back, yeah. and uh, and I want as many people as possible to know about the great unfolding destiny within them and the great unfolding destiny in humanity. If we can all but see it and, and, and have a level of spiritual practice and set it free within us, there's just so much within us that wants to come forward. 
and uh, I want everyone I want everyone to know this. And it's, it's package. I mean, bringing out our creativity. I mean, you really talk about that. And well, I th- yeah, I think that's really what it's all about. Um, you know, we are here as luminous beings, and each containing an, a, a, a unique fragment, a unique opening through which this divine gets to express through it, and and and, and how it gets to express is through our creativity. And even though there's forces in the world that would prevent that, that would make us walk lockstep in some very narrow patterns of thinking, we have to break free from those narrow patterns and understand that there's such innovativeness and genius and creativity within us and do the inner work to set it free. And when we do this, we discover that it also provides the context to have all of our needs met. So that, yes, we live in uncertain times. We live in times in which the systemic structures uh, the structures of our nation and our neighborhoods are falling down from mortgage to Wall Street to government, politics. And, and yet there's an emergence of such possibility at the same time. And we have to decide where we're going to be. Are we going to be victimized by that which no longer works and is failing? Or are we going to stand in the awareness of that which is emerging and succeed? And that all comes down to a choice of how we see life and how we see ourselves. We are divine uh, openings through which creativity can spring forward and birth something new in our life in any given moment. And that includes everyone, not just some people, not just people who call themselves artists, but everyone is invited to be an artist of the soul and make a mighty difference in their life, in the life of, on the planet. Well, I, I know that we needed to use our creativity since we've been born, but right now the way um, life is presenting itself to us, it's given us an opportunity, almost a gift, to really step up and use this creativity of ours. Right. The, every recession is an invitation to resourcefulness. And so the gift and the challenges that are in front of us are saying to us, there's talents and gifts and powers within you that you haven't used. Now you have to use them. People have been relying on external powers, governments, politicians, all kinds of external powers, so pseudo powers. And now the universe is inviting people to step up and use the power of their own soul and create uh, loving, caring, nurturing communities, uh, dreams of real educational systems, dreams of real health care. I mean, it's all here, and the challenge is right here in front of us. We can do this. Your uh, newest relief, release, Life Visioning? Yes. A transformational process for activating your unique gifts and highest potential. Um, in that book, do you actually give tools for people to use? Yes. that that People have been inviting me to write this book for a long time because I've, I've basically built Agape using the life, using LVP, the life visioning process. I uh, <clears throat> released a, a six CD set of CDs and then another set of CDs that had a workbook on it and uh, people still wanted the book. So I finally uh, 
sat down and got with my uh, editor, Anita, and transcribed everything I did on visioning, all my workshops, and then added new material. So the book actually carries what it is. It carries the evolutionary um, uh, evolutionary arc of the four stages of spiritual growth development. It talks about the four windows of manifestation. It talks about uh, what, like, what visioning is, and it shows you step-by-step step how to do it. So it's a wonderful companion piece with the CDs. It was just released a couple of weeks ago. So it's, you know, it's at a Here at Agape's bookstore, and people are getting it from agapelive.com and Amazon and Barnes & Noble has it. So um, I'm getting, I'm getting a, even, even though it's only been out a couple of weeks, a lot of good feedback is coming in from people around the nation who have picked up the book and are already reading it, thanking me for, um, for putting it out there. It's a wonderful companion piece to the um, Spiritual Liberation, the book that received the Nautilus Award. Um, so they, 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 it, 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 it continues with the same teaching of spiritual growth and development. It gives you some more how-to along those lines. Hmm. Well, Michael, what's the, difference, what's the difference between visioning and visualization? Yeah, that is a really good good question. Um, visualization is the beginning steps of um, uh, metaphysical tools. Visualization is when you stop and you use your creative imagination to see what you would like to experience in your life, uh, greater health, greater prosperity, right relationships, whatever the case may be, and you mentally see it. And then you em- embrace the feeling tone as if you already have it. And you, you work with this for a while until you uh, have a demonstration or a manifestation of that which you're visualizing. Uh, visioning is different. Visioning is the next level. Visioning is not using the law to try to get what you think you need. Visioning is inviting yourself to be available for the next step of your own soul's evolution. It's, it's, in, it's in, instead asking what is it that's within me that's trying to escape, that's trying to be released, that's trying to be expressed that presently I don't know about. So uh, visualizing, we know what we want, and we use the law to get it, to help manifest it. Visioning is really an unfoldment of our soul. Many times people will visualize something that they think they want, only to discover two years from now they really don't want it. Uh, and they pray to get rid of what they thought they wanted, you see. Whereas in, in visioning, you are opening yourself up to the greater possibilities that are within you, and you are activating and um, your spiritual faculties of right seeing, right hearing, intuition, and so you're actually growing. It's a transformational technology by which you grow, become more yourself, and demonstrate more in the world based on your becoming. It's a, a powerful technology. So wow. I teach both, but um, uh, in my book I, I talk about the different stages of uh, four stages of spiritual growth and development. Stage one, where people are being a victim. Stage two, where they learn how to manifest. Stage three, where they are a channel or a vehicle for something higher. And stage four, where they feel their oneness with life or their oneness with God. So visualization operates from stage two. Visioning is from stage three. Yeah. When go ahead. I was going to say, Michael. Okay. When one writes a book, <clears throat> there are generally many ebbs and flows in the process. And so, what was the biggest 
aha, maybe shock even, something that you didn't anticipate when you wrote this book? Um, It might have taken you quite a while. I don't know how long it took you to write this book, but perhaps even even it, it ended up being a gift to you in the end in some format, but something that you didn't anticipate. Can you share that with us? Probably. You know, when you have something locked up within you for a long time and you teach it, uh, I, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised to see that there was way more material in me than I thought. And... Uh, <laughs> And um, and and I think that would be the greatest shock. Was like, wow, there's so much here, and um, and there's still more yet to come out. But uh, probably that that was it. And then uh, just finding the time to do it. Fortunately, I had been teaching the life visioning process around the nation for a number of years, so I had a lot of um, archived material. And then once. I had that transcribed. It was like, my God, there's just so much rich material here that I've been teaching. But you don't know how much is in you until you get it out on paper. You know, you think it's know. you know a couple of paragraphs, a few pages, and you read it and you say, oh my God, there's way more than a book here. It's you know, it's a part of my life work. Both both of those pieces, both of those pieces, um, spiritual liberation, the book, the answer is you. Uh, the 40-day mind fast that people are using a lot, and now life visioning, which is, uh, you know, I mean, pretty much just had a book signing the last couple of weeks, and people are just just buying it like crazy. I bet people can use it for group, uh, you know, bringing groups together and working on it together. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, if you're working on a project, uh, a business idea, or any kind of nonprofit, or just an idea, uh, you bring a group together and you actually start a vision group around the project and use the vision process to assist in the articulation of the vision and in the manifestation wow. of the vision as well. Or it can be used, visioning can be used uh, just individually. You can have your own uh, life visioning session with yourself or a friend. Um, when I did my PBS special on The Answer Is You and spoke about... Um, uh, what I called the uh, no worry diet, and talked about um, instead of having a uh, no TV dinner, I called it the no TV dinner. Instead of having TV, you tell a vision, and uh, <laughs> from that, the young kids around the nation started these uh, no TV dinner meetings and uh, these little vision meetings uh, around the nation, and they started meeting having no television but basically doing the vision process and sharing their visions with each other instead of as their point of entry, point of their conversation. It really moved my heart. I was getting these letters from um, this organization and uh, these uh, teenagers' parents uh, meeting and sharing vision with each other, and they, it was just really changed the course of a lot of these kids' destiny. Wow. And I, I see um, a lot of people coming together as communities, Doing this without maybe even reading your book, I mean, it's like a, it's something that's we're all, you know, reaching for and finally getting it. Well, I think that's what's what's happening. I mean, we lost a sense of community. You know, we live in sometimes what I call a high tech, low touch society, where the sense of intimacy and community has been lost, and people have kind of lost themselves in pursuit of what they're thinking is the American dream. 
which is oftentimes external happiness and uh, uh, hoarding of resources and money and this type of thing. And in going forward, they've lost their, their sense of community. But with uh, the uh, gravity of the situations that are going on in our country and on the planet at this time, community is beginning to emerge again. People are growing their heart of compassion and learning how to be, be, to take care of each other, to take care, to have compassion. It's the birth of the community again. You know, I can remember growing up as a kid, the neighborhoods were communities. You know, you couldn't go down the street without the neighbors keeping an eye on you or reporting back to your parents if you'd gotten into mischief or talk to you about it themselves or assist you or encourage you. You were raised more not just by your parents, but the neighborhood raised you. And um, people took care of each other, you know, uh, at a much higher level. And I think we're going to we're seeing the advent of the beginning of that kind of those seeds again, particularly during this time where people are uh, losing their homes, and when you had people who uh, willingly uh, sold bad mortgages to people, you know, what were they thinking? They didn't see themselves as a part of the larger community. They just thought, profit first. We're going to make money. I'm going to make some commission. Yes, this mortgage is going to blow up in these people's face in a year or six months, but I won't be here when it happens. You know, they had disconnected. Uh, from themselves, they disconnected from the community, they disconnected probably from some very um, wonderful, integrous qualities that were being taught by their parents. I'm sure these people on, on Wall Street and mortgage bankers were not raised by wolves, you know. They were raised by mothers and fathers who trained them to, to be an asset in the community, but they forgot. So I think that this is all a call to see that all of us are a part of the community and asking a different question, not how can I profit from you or on you, but how can I serve you? And then knowing that as I serve, prosperity and success is there. You know, uh, what I when I was looking at your PBS special and um, looking at your website, what really came to me it was the music the music just brings so much joy and cheer and community and um agape has that your your wife is um is she the we interviewed her last year and isn't ah. she the um yeah isn't she ahead of your choir the beautiful choir that you yes have? yes we founded the um agape international choir 20 something years ago i asked her to start a little choir uh, uh during a christmas program <laughs> for a Christmas program, and um, it has, you know, since unfolded to approximately 200 voices. And, um, you know, the whole music um, arts ministry is, is, is burgeoning because we have the, uh, an international choir that sings primarily the songs that Ricky and I have written. And uh, we have artists that come every week that play. We have... MOA, the movement of Agape, which are our dance troupe, and we have a lot of dancers in the dance troupe, and they choreograph pieces to the music. So on any given Sunday, you'll see great music, perhaps see some great dance to go along with the music. And so it's very important that we use um, every aspect of our artistic medium to bring a level of celebration, upliftment, and education to the people. So music is very important because it, the lyric 
can ride in on a wonderful melody and go right to the heart of the individual. Next thing you know, they're singing an affirmation. You see, they're dancing into a, a level of education. Uh, it, it helps them. I was uh, listening to a woman giving an announcement, and she had been listening to my st- song from Transcendence, and she had memorized it, and she had primarily memorized it because it had been put to music. The teachings had been put to music. And suddenly, uh, even today, I was teaching a class. A lady was sharing how she finally had a breakthrough in an understanding of something called the ear behind the ear when she heard it in a song, and she had a direct experience of it. So so music is potent and powerful, healing, uplifting, inspiring, and life-transforming. And life would be dull and ordinary without it. Well, you just mentioned your new CD, um, and you wrote everything, all the songs on your new CD? Oh, yes. The music is by Stephen Bray. He's a um, former producer for Madonna. Uh, her earlier albums, he did those, those great hits. And he used to be the drummer in the group The Breakfast Club and uh, the drummer at Agape for at least 15 years. And so uh, so the, he's done all the music, and the uh, the voice is mine. That's my voice. It, a lot of it is just lifted from sermons I did. And then I went into the studio and overdubbed on some of it and rapped that last song on there, The Mystic Chord of Memory, is an 11-minute, 9-second meditation that I did put the music that people are loving. So it's actually, other than that last uh uh, cut Mr. Court of Memory, the other eight, pretty much dance music. You could actually put it on. Uh, DJs are using it. Uh, stool teachers are using it for their recess time, for the kids to dance to. Uh, workout enthusiasts, yoga enthusiasts are using it in their studios. So it has a high pulsing dance rhythm, along uh, house music, along with the underlying message, or I should say overlying message. My message is, is put to music is actually what it is. Well, mm. I'm going to see if I can find, uh, I think it's your uh, your first song. You, you, um, somebody in your office is that was one of your favorites. Yeah, yeah, it was one of my favorites. I love them all now. But, yeah, that's such a good <laughs> people. People love that song. As a matter of fact, Ricky designed a dance that goes exactly with that song, the Agape Love Shuffle, and people dance to it on that particular song. Oh, that sounds like fun. Let me play a little bit of it so people can get a taste of it. Anointed and avoided by the Spirit, as an image and likeness. 
of divine and ultimate reality. As we bank in that domain, we bring heaven to earth as a spiritual practice. Wake up and say to yourself, I'm taking an adventure in paradise. Well, that just about says it all for creativity. Bring it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you played a little bit. I'm taking you. I'm taking you to paradise. I'm going to paradise. I'm taking you with me. Yeah, people they dance off of that song, boy. Oh, you can yeah, you can feel you feel like dancing when you hear it. <laughs> well, you know it's pretty amazing. Here you have a message, and then you have this great music that just encompasses it, and then the fellowship that people have, you know, with each other. The vibration must go very high. <laughs> oh, it is fantastic. You should see it sometimes. I mean, one day uh, on one service, uh, we had um, the choir singing, and then uh, they sang a song that Ricky and I wrote. Uh, stand, it's called Standing on Solid Ground. And then when that song ended, they put this song on, and then the choir did the Agape Love Shuffle, singing the song. <laughs> And the whole congregation just went wild, singing and dancing with them, and you could just feel them catching the message, and and it was great. It was great. I know it's great that you're streaming um, your services, but I just know that just being there with the energy live right there must really. <laughs> I mean, I could just I can feel it when I watch it, but I just what I was thinking is oh. Next time I'm in the area, I just have to go there on a Sunday. You have to. You know, it's become it's become a destination point for people. A lot of people who have their conferences in Southern California will will book their flights so that they can stay over a Sunday just so they could come to Agape. People are planning their vacations around coming to Agape or our Revelation Conference in April. Uh, it's become like this destination point for people around the world. So at any given Sunday, you're seeing these people from Australia and New Zealand and Canada and you know, and, and not just um, other countries but other states. It's become like you know, if we're going to go to L.A., it used to be if you're going to go to L.A., you're going to go to Disneyland. You know, now it's if you're going to go to L.A., you got to go to Agape. You got to go see the spiritual community with all these different kind of people, this message and this minister and this wife. You know. It's powerful. So how far away are you from the uh, Los Angeles airport? Oh, 20 minutes maybe, max, depending on traffic. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, so people stay in a hotel nearby. We have have people, actually, we have a lady that flies in. She flies in from Denver almost every week to go to Agape. We have other people that fly in from Oakland, uh, Arizona, I mean, that, and they're coming to come to church. They'll fly in, uh, stay in a hotel, come to Agape, stay for a couple of services, and then have dinner or whatever, and then go back home. And uh, I, I didn't realize it until I was in Denver one time, and I was speaking to this um, gentleman. He said, yeah, my wife goes to your community. And I said, oh, what, you guys uh, live, uh, you have two homes, a home in L.A., a home in Denver? He said, oh, no. She flies in every Friday night. She flies in Friday night. Uh, 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 it's there Saturday, goes to church on Sunday, comes back Monday. She said that's what she likes to do. She she watched it on streaming. She loves it. But a couple of times a month, she wants to be there in person. Because I, I remember seeing her at Agape. I thought she was just there for a business meeting or something. And you come to find out that, uh, no. <laughs> Agape frequent flyer miles. <laughs> you know what I'm Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, 
knows? One of these many... days they'll show up and we'll say hi to you there. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should do it. You let me know. I'll save you a seat. <laughs> <laughs> you right. just mentioned the conference. you want to tell everybody about the conference that's going to be in April? Yeah, April 26th through the 28th here in Los Angeles at the Marriott, we're having our annual uh, Revelation conf- uh, Conference, a, a, a festival, an, in, an indoor festival of of transformation and celebration. I have uh, Iyana Van Zant speaking. I have Will Coleman speaking, very powerful teacher. Gene Houston, myself, Ricky Beebe, and all of the musicians. And uh, it starts on a Thursday night and goes through Sunday afternoon. Again, people from all over the United States and the world show up. It's a powerful transformational conference. And it's unlike other conferences in terms of the fact that it's not just talking heads and lectures. You actually have uh, these potent individuals uh, speaking their truth, but it it carries with it um, powerful dialogue, powerful exercises, powerful music. We try to leave people, when they leave the conference, not only having a transformation in their life, but but being able to have some tools to sustain it once the conference is over. So if they go to agapelive.com, A-G-A-P-E-L-I-V-E.com, they can register right online and see all the latest information on that. And uh, people bring their teenagers. Teenagers hate to go home. Uh, They have a special, we have a special revelation conference for the young folks of all ages as well. And so they have their own mini-conference with their speakers and their uh, focus of growth and unfoldment. So it's something we've been doing for years, and, um, you know, uh, lives have been changed. Well, life is good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You want to play that? You want me to play that song? (laughs) Oh, you're going to play a Life is Good song? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. That's on your uh, CD, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. Just a moment.
Yes, life is good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel it? <laughs> yes, I feel Absolutely. it. <laughs> you just want to dance when you hear the music. <laughs> right, well, that's the whole purpose. It's to get people to dance. And so then even when they're in a non-thinking mode, the message that's going into their mind is uplifting, it's healing, it's transforming. They don't have to censor. Because sometimes there's music out there that has a good beat. It's good music, but the lyrics are either victim songs or they're abusive towards women or there's something else you have to kind of guard against keeping that garbage out of your mind. But with this... You can dance, you can just let yourself go and 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 know that the message that's going in is that you're you're beautiful, you're wonderful, there's something magnificent about you. There's a life that is seeking to express itself by means of you and you can just kind of surrender to the music while the message is just riding in on that on that melody and beginning to activate um centers in you that lead to your empowerment rather than uh your dissolution. Yeah, using the left and right hand side of the brain. Absolutely, the hemispheres become <laughs> yeah. coherent. The next thing you know, yeah. you're dancing to yeah. your, to your own uh, healing. Yeah, and yeah. you're in the moment. And, well, you know what? Just becoming creative. Sometimes people go, you know, I I just can't get there. Or people, you know, they they just kind of stop when they think, oh, I have to be creative. Instead of just thinking, you know, they can't get in the process. And so sometimes music is a great way to be able to uh, head in that direction and then maybe make some visioning um, flow out and go from there. Powerful lubricant of the soul. Oh, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Where where there appears to be rust, good good music. (laughs) is the lubricant of the soul and it activates those centers and brings us back to our real self because we think we're stuck we're, we're, we're in the stuckness of it uh, or we think we're, we're, we don't have anything to share which is a lie you know so we're living in the lie we think we're we're empty which is a lie we are all full beings fully franchised expressions of infinite potential and it just needs to be activated and cultivated, realized and expressed. And so music assists in that in that in that direct real music. Everything that is on the radio is not music. Sometimes it's just noise masquerading as music. It debilitates rather than uplifts. But music uplifts, inspires and heals and transforms. And that's a it's a it's a powerful a powerful modality. Well, it's just like it melts the challenges. I mean, you know, it's just amazing because the happiness that, you know, just bubbles up all over and uh, other things can kind of just dissolve and you can look at things in a new way and it's pretty powerful. And it's so great that you have this wonderful music to be able to to uh, bring happy, happy visions. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's a fun project in that Different DJs and rappers have been coming and putting my message to music for a while. <coughs> so this was an opportunity for us to do it ourselves. Yeah. And so let, now, let, 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 let us do it. It's being it's done on it's on YouTube. People are are doing it. They they want to put it. They want to they want to dance to my music. Let's give them a professional uh, 
CD to do it with, you see. Mm-hmm. Now, that last oh, one you heard, that was, that was actually uh, John Patoker. Uh, Stephen Bray did all the music except for that particular one you played. That was actually John Patoker, who's one of our, uh, our sound men here at Agape, uh, won some Grammys as well. Um, and uh, so that was his contribution, as well as working with Steve to help mix all of these sermons and sound together. And poetry, to me, is a great way of bringing out creativity. And you can put that with music, and it's it's like what the rappers have been doing. Right. So absolutely, and I, you know, interestingly enough, twenty something years ago, when Ricky and I started writing together, I invited her to write a song, and <clears throat> she said, "You write it. You have every time you speak, I hear poetry." You know, and she didn't know at the time that I wrote poetry all the time. And I'm a little upset right now because I lost a book of my last travels. I left a book somewhere, and it had a lot of my poetry in it that, uh, you know, I don't even want to think about it, really. But, yeah, I've been doing poetry for a while. And so with the advent of Ricky in my life, then a lot of the, the, the lyrics of our songs just came from that same same avenue through which poetry comes from. To me, it's sometimes poetry is like therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and people should keep a journal, and just sometimes just allow uh, the muse to take them over and just write without judging themselves. And they'll notice that some prose will come out, some poetry, some very powerful uh, lyrics. It's it's right there within us. Everyone has this capacity if they just l- let it happen. Well, I was thinking a lot of times people write or they create a song because they've, they have had loss in their in their life in some fashion. And I'm just thinking you lost that book of poetry. I wonder if um, there's a reason behind that. You know, you kind of look at it and go, "Oh my, what's this? What's this going on here?" You know, maybe it's time you. Uh, yeah, I might have to write some more and uh, and put it out in a book or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then, then you can't lose it. <laughs> and, yeah, then, know, and then I you'll find it. I would like for that to come back to me. It's a little black and white book. I think I left it at the Denver airport. I'd like for it to come back to me because it had a lot of. It actually had. What I what I do is sometimes I'll speak. Some I, I'm a little weird. Some people will write down their notes before they speak. I wrote down my notes a lot after, <laughs> and so it carried a lot of um, uh, information and notes from talks I had given over the past couple of years, and um, as, as well as well as poetry. So sometimes, do you ever think, did that come out of my mouth? <laughs> Where did that yeah, come from? Like, oh, that was good. <laughs> yeah. What did I just say? <laughs> Now, who knows that that poetry book might have just really uplifted someone's life, the one who found it in a whole totally different way, you know. Eventually you'll get the book back, but they were so shocked maybe with what they saw. Maybe it was just really liberating for them. Hopefully. I don't know if I have my name in it, but hopefully I hope. I better not see it published somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Then you'll know who found it. Right. Now, you teach meditation. Yes, I'm uh, a meditation med- teacher. Uh, meditation, is that uh, a real core of 
creativity or, or finding your soul? Meditation is the core practice for unfoldment, awakening, you know, and, and waking up. And I'm matter of fact, I'm in the middle of a, of a five-week course I'm doing here at Agape Now on meditation and uh, just finished our uh, end-of-the-year and beginning-of-the-year retreat that we did up at Joshua Tree, and we also have another retreat we do in the springtime. Um, so meditation is very important for us at Agape. We begin every service with a meditation service before we start the um, the service with the affirmations and the purpose statement and me speaking and music. So meditation is a is a is a core practice, and meditation, as I describe it, is paying undistractable attention to reality with a capital R, not the tr- transitory reality of that which changes, but that which is eternal. And I so I, I teach uh, people that there are three modalities of meditation. There's contemplative meditation, existential meditation, and spiritual meditation, and Every technique can be found in one of those three modes of meditation. And I assist people to uh, really develop a meditation practice. If if if, um, if more and more people had a meditation practice, the fear and the worry would eventually uh, be dissolved. We'd have greater insights, more, more enlightenment. And uh, you can't have an enlightened society without enlightened people. You can't have enlightened people unless they're identified with the part of them that's already enlightened, and you can't get there without meditation. Now, there's some people don't uh, meditate in the common form that we think they you know, that we should. Like some people may meditate while they're walking in the nature, or someone might even go into a meditative state when they're writing poetry. Yeah, that's true. And it, it, it sometimes would bring a, um, a person to a level of coherence, uh, brain function becomes more coherent. Uh, uh, even with that, I encourage people to have a time in which they establish an intention to wake up and connect with source and to give themselves that time to really to be with that. Not just walking in the forest or on the beach or seeing a sunset or going into a zone from sports, which are all good, but I still encourage people to to create an appointment where they get to sit and connect with the divine. Now, what I teach is, if you, you, you should make an appointment, I don't like using the word should, but I, I encourage people to make an appointment with the divine just as they would make an appointment with any other important person you know, you, you put it in your appointment book and you never change your appointments unless sometimes you say, Oh, something more important came up. You know, I had to had to had to be flexible. Well you make an appointment with the divine and there's no bigger name than the divine. So you keep your appointment. And what I say is if you dis your appointment with the divine, then you're setting yourself up for disappointments. So <laughs> you so so that's what you do. You have an appointment, even if it's five minutes It'll elongate itself to 10, 15, 20 after a period of time. But it's, if people will do that, they will begin to discover themselves at a much more deep level. You know, Michael, when you say stuff like this, I here lately I hear more and more people with, um, talking about how their belief systems are just being released and new belief systems are arriving. 
Yes. And I, it's just like a like an egg being cracked. And, you know, we were we were so hardcore about you know our belief systems, and all of a sudden they're just they're cracking and they're opening up into new ways of learning things and new ways of compassion, new ways of creativity and and selfless service for others. It's it's pretty amazing. Fantastic. You you've said a lot there because when you begin to meditate or do the life visioning process or opening yourself up for growth, one of the first things you realize is that you haven't been having thoughts. Thoughts have been having you. And much of the thought much of the thoughts that have been in a person's mind, they inherited from somewhere, from a parental fantasy, from society or religion or uh, mm. education or miseducation. And, and you begin to realize, well, who put that there? Where did this belief come from? Where did this opinion come from? And they begin to realize, have a realization that there's something beyond that belief, that opinion, and that point of view, that prejudice. And it begins to be lifted up, and, and incrementally or suddenly, they begin to see life differently. That there's a, a, a whole presence, a whole beauty that's here covered up by beliefs and opinions. And so as you were saying... The belief didn't changes. You suddenly have an insight, and that insight changes your perception, and your whole experience changes. So many people are walking around thinking that they're thinking, and they're not really thinking at all. They're just rehashing some previously held opinions that someone had, and they're letting that govern their life. That's not thinking. Real thinking is as I mentioned in a spiritual liberation, returning to the realm of God, kamkuru, the Japanese word for thinking, kamkuru, to return to the realm of God. That's inspiration. That's different. And we and we need to invite ourselves more into that domain. Mm. I know. As you're talking about thoughts, they become blocks if you allow them to rule your life. That's absolutely true. You end up seeing through that filter, and the scripture is a scripture that says you'll see, you'll see through a glass darkly. And at some point, you'll see God face to face. But the glass darkly are those thoughts that you've inherited from the world, and you're not really seeing life. You're seeing life through the through the shadow effect of those particular thoughts. And some people, what happens is they start to protect their beliefs as if they're precious. And they end up only going where they can keep their prejudices intact. And they can't go anywhere else outside of what they think they're believing in present moment. So there's no growth. They end up growing old very fast because they have old thinking. Well, I see a lot of people um, letting go of old thinking. So hopefully yes. this is a a, a movement. <laughs> Even in the political world, I mean, people are saying, you know, I'm not sure anymore. I used to have this belief, but I don't, I'm not sure of it anymore. That's a good stage, you know, because one of the, one of the key components of meditation is the beginner's mind, where you um, enter, first of all, you enter into meditation as, as if it's the first time you've meditated, and you have no preconceived notions. So that you can have a new insight, a new thought can emerge. 
And so the beginner's mind is is like when you were a child, you know, and you just looked at life and you were so available to life, you had no preconceived notions about stuff and you just were open. Very powerful. Very powerful. Yes. Well, we only have a few minutes left, so um, do you want to give out some of the websites where people can get your CD, your books, your uh, and, and watch uh, your sermons and your agape on Wednesday and Sunday? You want to give all that oh, information out? Ab- absolutely. You can, um, of course, uh, view agape on the web. You can go to agapelive.com and you can live stream us. We have a Wednesday evening service that starts at uh, 7 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. And then we have uh, two services that are streamed on Sunday. That's from at 9 o'clock and again at 11. And uh, actually 8.30 meditation. That's agapelive.com. You can order Transcendence there. Or you can go to our um, Agape uh, uh, Media Company, AMI, Agape uh, Media International, uh, and order it from there. Or you can also buy it from uh, 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 Amazon, uh, iTunes, for Transcendence. But if you want a, a hard copy, you want to actually see the artwork and have the CD in your hand, then you can go to one of the Agape websites, uh, agapelive.com, and just order it directly there. Well, it's most certainly been wonderful to be able to talk with you today, and and I know that our listeners are going to um, will be glad. Well, actually, we're live on Blog Talk right now, and we're going to uh, replay this um, in studio in San Jose. Oh, fantastic! So, yes, and our listeners will really enjoy learning that they can actually watch you live on stream. So this is wonderful. Absolutely, they can they can uh, order the books, you know, because we want to we want to, we want them to dance to the music, and we want them to, to to spiritualize their intellect through the reading of the books and the wonderful practices in the book, life visioning and the other books as well, because we're not here to intellectualize the spirit, but we're here to spiritualize the intellect. So with uh, transcend dance, they can dance and let it take them over, and with the books and the exercises in the books. They can spiritualize the intellect and watch themselves grow and unfold. Well, we could. Let me see. Uh, uh, let it be all right. Um, yeah. And we want to end our show with that. Fantastic. Michael, thank you for being with us. What a gift <laughs> to have you with us each time. It is my joy to be with you. And uh, yeah, we want everybody to, to know we've been talking to Michael. So thank you so much. <laughs> Continue to do the good work that you're doing. Oh, Let it be all right too. to be all right because, you know, <laughs> at bottom, we're all all right inside. Yes, that's so true. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you.